Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Springtime is every birder's favorite time of year. Join Ocean State Bird Club for new online talks and weekly virtual hangouts. And enjoy our quarterly newsletter with stories and photos about birds and birding. OceanStateBirdClub.org and on Facebook. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 836. Last week we had a Carolina Wren really belting out song right outside our window. But our mics wouldn't pick it up. So we put a wireless mic out there today. And guess what? Dead silence. But we're, <laughs> we're going to keep it out there and see what we may hear. Maybe horns honking in the parking lot. We had that a couple of weeks ago. So... Anything can happen on a kind of a radio show like this, so we'll see. Well, if you've listened to our show for the last year or so, you've probably heard some of our Freya McGregor's audio postcards from birdie locations in Alabama and Kentucky and other places around the country. Well, Freya's efforts have inspired at least one listener to create her own audio postcard, which we're happy to present here today. It's from Kimberly Mutu out on a famous island just off the coast of San Francisco, and here it is. Hello, Kimberly here, calling you from Las Isla de las Alcatraces, the island of seabirds, or more commonly known as Alcatraz Island, in the San Francisco Bay in California. No longer a federal penitentiary, the current residents are birds. To be precise, over 7,000 birds live on the island at this time of year. That's because Alcatraz is a seabird breeding sanctuary. Birds that can be found here on nests are Brent's cormorants, western gulls, California gulls, pelagic cormorants, black oyster catchers, black-crowned night herons, snowy egrets, great blue herons, pigeon gullimots, along with Canada geese and a pair of peregrine falcons. I'm standing right next to... 30 to 40 snowy egret nests and about 150 feet away from five to 600 Brant's cormorants that are just starting to set up their nests. Can you hear those snowy egrets? Well, I'm going to go and continue exploring. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. The nesting progress has advanced some since we received that audio postcard from Kimberly. And she sent us a note saying that in a few weeks she'll be able to return to Alcatraz, not as a tourist, as she just did, but as a National Park water bird docent, assisting in the counting of nests, eggs, and chicks. And then by the end of summer, she expects to be back talking to visitors as they explore Alcatraz. Kimberly mentioned peregrine falcons in her audio postcard, and that reminds me to thank the folks from... Massachusetts Fish and Wildlife Department for inviting me to a peregrine falcon chick banding in Boston this past Wednesday. It was pretty amazing. We have a photo of one of those falcon chicks 
on our Facebook page right now, along with a couple of pictures from another chick banding we attended this week in Plymouth, Massachusetts. This time the chicks were bald eagles. Pretty cool stuff. Well, speaking of Facebook, we have a listener group there called the Talking Birds Flock. It's a place for listeners of the show to meet up and share birding observations and pictures, videos, etc. To find it and join up, let's go to Facebook.com and then just enter Talking Birds Flock in the search bar. The Talking Birds Flock, exclusively for Talking Birds listeners. Want to give a shout out to our friend Julie Hostetter. She's the editor and publisher of the beautiful North Georgia Living magazine where they are kind enough to uh, give a little plug in there for Talking Birds, our radio show, and beautiful placement, I might add. It's really a beautiful magazine. Check it out. It's North Georgia Living Magazine. And that pretty amazing, beautiful, intriguing sound is that of our mystery bird. This would be a preview of our mystery bird contest presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Our mystery bird, this is a preview of our contest, is a small songbird with a brown body, a white throat, a barred rust-colored tail, and a long, thin, downward-curving bill. Our bird is found in the arid mountain country and canyon lands of western North America, where it nests and feeds in narrow rock crevices, it often reveals its presence through that beautiful, distinctive song that we just heard and are hearing again there. We have a beautiful prize selection here, including something really delicious. It's a 12-ounce bag of bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Delicious coffee that also helps save the birds in the neotropics every winter. And our big prize to the Droll Yankees, Ruby Sipper Hummingbird Feeder, a perfect pairing of whimsical fun and practical performance. And its eye-catching ruby red color attracts hummingbirds instantly. Prizes there on our Mystery Bird Contest coming along a little bit later on the show, along with some more hummingbird talk, by the way, with our man, Mike O'Connor. We have some conservation Good news of the week. We're kind of late getting to this one, but I think worth mentioning just the same. The Biden administration is canceling or reviewing a whole bunch of actions by the previous administration that rolled back protections for endangered or threatened species. Reviews by U.S. Fish and Wildlife and National Marine Fisheries Service are aimed at five Endangered Species Act regulations finalized by the previous administration. Fish and Wildlife says also they'll reinstate what's known as the blanket rule. So under the previous rule, those protections were removed, as were protections for the northern spotted owl and gray wolves and other species. So the new administration has already moved to reverse the decision to weaken enforcement, too, of the century-old Migratory Bird Treaty Act. That made it harder to prosecute bird deaths caused by industrial activities when that was weakened. So it's being strengthened again. So some good conservation news there for birds and for other species. 
It's a royal salute to the royalty of the Talking Birds listener family, and that's our Talking Birds ambassadors helping us to get the word out about our show. And thank you to Dan M. from Warwick, Rhode Island. Thank you so much, Dan, and thank you to Joe T. from Taunton, Massachusetts. Joe says, I go out looking for birds at a local sanctuary. I'd be happy to share my finds and maybe gain some information about them from others. Thank you so much, Joe. Talking Birds listeners, it's easy to join the Talking Birds family. Just go to talkingbirds.com with no G in talking and click on the Get Involved button right there at the top of the homepage. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with C.J. Greco from the Birdie Bunch podcast about June as Pride Month and the LGBT Let's Go Birding Together initiative. And we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor. Again, it's about hummingbirds. And up next, a bird that appears to advocate for the drinking of a certain beverage is our featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine for more than a quarter century. Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. If a songbird tells you to drink your tea, he doesn't mean it literally. He is merely letting you know that he's from the genus Pipolo. The Pipolo genus contains the green-tailed, the spotted, the canyon, the collared, the aberts, and today's featured feathered friend, the eastern, the eastern towhee. Although it's a sparrow, the eastern towhee is sometimes called ground robin. It's just a little smaller than an American robin, with somewhat similar but more intense coloration in a habit of scratching the ground in the underbrush in a kind of two-footed backwards hop. The male eastern towhee has a coal black back, warm brown in the female, and both male and female have brick red sides, a white belly, and white corner patches on the tail that flash as the bird forages along the ground, maybe to help stir up the invertebrates on which it feeds, along with seeds and grasses and berries. If you're still consulting an old field guide, you may be wondering, whatever happened to the rufous-sided towhee? Well, the folks who are generally accepted as the deciders of these things, from what's now known as the American Ornithological Society, decided some years ago that the rufous-sided towhee was really two different birds, the spotted towhee of the American West and Mexico and the eastern towhee, which occupies just about the entire eastern half of the U.S., breeding from the Carolinas to Canada. That was a call that has earned the bird another nickname, the Chewink. Today's featured feathered friend, Pipolo erythrophthalmus, the eastern towhee. Welcome again to our show number 836. Well, June is LGBTQ Pride Month. That has inspired what has become National Audubon's LGBT Let's Go Birding Together program and other initiatives. And to tell us more is our special guest this morning, C.J. Greco. C.J. has served as a supervisor for the King Conservation Science Scholars Program and has worked with conservation organizations all over the world and spent nearly two months backpacking and volunteering all over Australia. In the past year, they have gotten into birding, and C.J. joins us now from the great state of Illinois out in Chicago 
to talk about June as LGBTQ Pride Month and birding-related inclusionary programs. Good morning, CJ. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? We're we're doing great. We're not hearing any birds outside the window yet, but we're we're still <laughs> we're still <laughs> holding out hope. Still hopeful. Well, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, as Ray said, my name is CJ. I use uh, they, them, and she, her pronouns. Uh, and I'm really excited to be here today to talk about some LGBTQIA plus birding initiatives. Well, great great to have you. I use he, him. So, CJ, your new interest in birding has led you to start and be a co-host of a birding podcast whose mission involves inspiring an inclusive community for conservation. I want to ask you more about that in a minute. But first, Pride Month, currently celebrated uh, every year in the month of June to honor the 1969 Stonewall Uprising in Manhattan, which was a tipping point for the gay liberation movement in the U.S. And National Audubon has taken on the Let's Go Birding Together initiative to encourage inclusiveness in birding. Tell us more about Pride Month, CJ, and how it's connected to the birding world with initiatives like Let's Go Birding Together. Yeah, absolutely. So Let's Go Birding Together is an inclusion initiative started by the National Audubon Society. And... You know, it was a series that was founded and organized by Jason St. Silver, uh, who's a community education director at the Spring Creek Prairie Audubon Center in Denton, Nebraska. Um, The Let's Go Birding Together walks, uh, they're kind of planned throughout the month of June as these kind of inclusion walks that are really accessible to everybody in the LGBTQ plus community, as well as allies and families. Really anybody who wants to enjoy the outdoor experience, like have an outdoor experience, that's also really inclusive. Um, And it's honestly gone on to inspire other Audubon sites all over the country to create other inclusive birding events. Mm -hmm. So inclusivity, that's really what it's about for everybody, right? It's A thousand percent. Every person. So you're near Chicago. Well, you're in Chicago now, actually. And there are some related events there this month, right? And others around the country. Yeah, a thousand percent. So yesterday, actually, uh, on June 12th, um, I attended an event um, which is run through Chicago Audubon by a smaller group called Out in Nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and that group was created by Forrest Cortez. So Out in Nature is run through the Chicago Audubon, like I said. And it's an affinity group for LGBTQIA plus identifying individuals who are interested in nature and the outdoors. Um, like I said, just yesterday, I attended one of their events. We spent some time birding, doing some prairie restoration in Hosted Prairie in Zion, Illinois. Um, I actually got two lifers yesterday at the ferry, so really good time to, to spend uh, at these events. Nice. What were the lifers? Um, I had never seen a brown thrasher before, and I'd never seen a brewer's blackbird. So uh-huh. two lifers for me. All right. Nice. So that brings us back to your podcast, The Birdie Bunch. Yes. Uh, tell us about that and about the special show I think you'll be producing for the next episode. Yeah. So The Birdie Bunch podcast is a podcast that I host with my two co-hosts, Matt Balaga and John Sosinski. And we, uh, for the entire month of June, we're doing Pride-themed episodes. So tomorrow's episode, we have a new episode coming out every Monday. Um, tomorrow's episode is about LGBTQ plus initiatives in conservation. So we'll be talking about Let's Go Birding Together through Audubon. We'll be talking about a couple different other initiatives that are just about conservation in general. So uh, if you're interested in learning more about this kind of topic, definitely check out the Birdie Bunch podcast tomorrow. Okay, and we'll give the uh, address for that in in, in a minute. Um, tell us a little bit more about uh, Birdie Bunch. So how did how did it really uh, come about? You and Matt and, and John. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> so, uh, all all three of us were were conservation educators at heart. We all used to work uh, at the same facility, and you know we 
through the pandemic, weren't able to be conservation educators as much. And we really missed that part of our life. So we started this podcast as a way to continue educating people about conservation and the stuff that we're really fascinated in. Um, the thing that we say all the time is conservation, education, fascination. And that's really the, the keys to what the Birdie Bunch podcast is. You have a beautiful website there, too. The kind of, have a <laughs> Thank monarch, you so much. Monarch yeah. butterfly right, uh, right at the top there. Yeah. Re- really nice. Uh, I want to say hello to John there with the Birdie Bunch and, and a special uh, hello to, uh, to Matt Valiga, who just happens to be uh, one of our Talking Birds ambassadors. Absolutely he is, yeah. All right. C.J. Greco is co-host of the Birdie Bunch podcast. Check it out at thebirdiebunchpodcast.com. That's thebirdiebunchpodcast.com. CJ, thank you so much, and happy Pride Month. Yeah, thank you so much. Happy Pride Month, everybody. CJ Greco here on Talking Birds, and up next, it's our Mystery Bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There it is, the sound of our mystery bird, and this is our actual, now, mystery bird contest. Our bird is a small songbird with a brown body, a white throat, a barred rust-colored tail, and a long, thin, downward-curving bill. Our bird is found in the arid mountain country and canyon lands of western North America where it feeds and nests in narrow rock crevices and often reveals its presence through that beautiful and distinctive song that we just heard. And that's our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes include the Droll Yankees Ruby Sipper Hummingbird Feeder. It's a perfect pairing of whimsical fun and practical performance in its eye-catching ruby red color attracts hummingbirds instantly. And while you're watching the hummingbirds, you can drink some delicious bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. That's our bonus prize here. A 12-ounce bag of birds and beans coffee here at our Mystery Bird Contest. It's the contest which famously doesn't require you to necessarily get the right answer. Just take a guess. If nobody gets it right, a drawing will determine our winner. And by the way, if Michael from North Carolina and Rose from Duxbury, Mass. Are listening? Get in touch with us because uh, we we didn't quite complete our mystery bird contest uh, last week, and also neglected to mention what the bird was. Here we go, confusing things again. But the solitary sandpiper was last week's mystery bird. Sorry for that oversight. All right, back to this week's contest, and a reminder that if you're not hearing our show live, and would like to do so, so that you can enter our contest. 
Just go to TalkingBirds.com, TalkingBirds.com, and you can see how to do that and listen live wherever you are with just a little old Internet connection and some kind of device to go with it. 781-837-4900 is the number. It's 781-837-4900. Please call us as soon as you can, 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com My name is Jessica Allen, and I'm from Palmyra, Pennsylvania. If you find yourself sharing a story you've heard on Talking Birds, or you've laughed out loud during a segment, or thought about a conservation issue long after the show ends, you're probably someone who recognizes the value in the content, like I did, and you'd make a great ambassador. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. As promised, we hope, it's Mike O'Connor live from beautiful Cape Cod and the famous Bird Watchers General Store. I almost said infamous. I don't know why I almost said infamous, but I didn't mean to say it anyway. It's famous. You are? <laughs> you won't be the first to say that, even if you did say it. Really? Oh. Yeah. We'll, we'll, have to talk, we'll have to talk about that on the, uh, on the late night portion of our, of our show here at some point. <laughs> So, Mike, you want to you want to kind of educate people about feeding hummingbirds because you you you've been trying to do that for I mean, what more than um, oh I don't know a quarter of a century and still it's not thirty eight years right yeah. thirty eight years wow yeah 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 I listen to you talk about well, this is an eight hundred and thirty six show oh give me a break I do that in a year that's nothing yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow. So, yeah, right, and it's funny because, you know, you say the same thing over and over, and, you know, and, I, and I've talked about this on the show, but you get new listeners and people forget, so, mm-hmm. and then they, and, and for some reason, especially in our area, we're on, out of Cape Cod, and there's a lot of, you know, kind of crunchy, hippie-ish people out here, <laughs> and, and the idea of giving hummingbirds sugar is offensive to them because they find sugar offensive. I mean, we've yeah. always heard too much sugar is bad. You know, mm-hmm. I get that. Too much sugar is not good for you in your diet and stuff. So they don't want to give that to the hummingbirds. But unfortunately, <laughs> that's what the hummingbirds require. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they people want to put in honey or maple syrup or agave is a, a big thing. Or they want to put in that kind of a molasses or that natural sugar, you know, that brown, gritty stuff that... You know, you know, my uncle used to call sand because my mother used it. None of that is really good for the hummingbirds. It's, it gets, it actually forms a fungus, and uh, and don't use alternatives like NutraSweet or Sweet and Low. I don't even know if they still make that, but that yeah. don't use any of those. Use the cheap, low end table sugar. You know, you know, if you don't have any, just go to a coffee shop and steal some packs. You didn't hear that from me, but. <laughs> You know, just use simple sugar, and don't even buy, get to I mean, we sell the stuff also that people can, you know, that comes in a package. Don't even use that. Just get sugar and take a quarter of a cup of sugar and a cup of water. It's that simple. And put in some tap water. 
You don't have to boil it. That's, you know, everybody wants to boil it because they just want it to be harder than it's necessary. You don't ju- just, but you need to stir it around and then fill your feeder and, and the birds will come. Now, you don't have to add red food coloring either. That's, that's you know, in the old days, I think we didn't have many um, good hummingbird feeders. And now the hummingbird feeders all have a red cover on it. The red does attract the birds. Well, but I, the I, use, does... I use the beet sugar because it's a red, a red coloring. <laughs> Right in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I seen you out there stomping them with your feet. Yeah, the beet sugar, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So just use the, the, your feeder will have plenty of red on it, so you need to add the, the red food coloring. But all these things that people worry about and they neglect the most important thing is keeping the food fresh. Yeah. It, it spoils and gets moldy after a couple of days. And so, and I know a lot of beginners, they put the feeder out and then. Two weeks later, no birds have come, and they wonder why. Because it's really a little bit of a process at the beginning. Once the birds start coming, you know, they'll drink the sugar and water, and then you'll know, well, it's active, and i got to keep it going. But if it sits empty for a while, then they, they think, you know, they, they think, well, there's food, they'll come. After a couple of days, the stuff spoils. So more importantly than all the other things, boiling and red dye, is to keep the food fresh. And, and, then, and, and then the birds... Will come. Doesn't hurt to have some flowers. The other, the other thing I've been learning about a lot of the flowers that we get because we think are, are good. A lot of them don't even have a lot of nectar in them because they've been, you know, hybrid to look pretty and last longer. But so do a little flower research too. But that's another show, right? That is another another show. And by the way, it's, uh, you probably already said this, but it's kind of four to one, right? Water to sugar. Just yeah, there- take a cup of water, yeah. add a quarter of a cup of sugar, or if you want two cups. Put a half a cup of sugar, but it's always that four-to-one formula. All right. Well, there it is. There's the info on feeding the hummingbirds, and we'll do it again next year. All right. Next <laughs> year, <laughs> sure. All, All right. right. Happy Pride Month, Ray. Happy Pride Month to you. Thank you, Mike. Mike okay. O'Connor there at the legendary Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Yeah, the sound of our pretty interesting-sounding Mystery bird and prizes from Droll Yankees, the Ruby Sipper Hummingbird Feeder, perfect for what Mike was just talking about, and a bonus prize of a 12-ounce bag of delicious bird-friendly shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Those are the uh, those are the prizes on the Mystery Bird, a small songbird with a brown body, a white throat, a barred rust-colored tail, and a long, thin, downward-curving bill. What is that mystery bird? 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And Mary is right down the road somewhere here in Marshfield, Massachusetts on the South Shore. And uh, good morning, Mary. Uh, good morning. How are you today? Doing doing well. It's a beautiful day around here, even though the birds are not singing outside our window. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, get, over, we'll get over it. Uh, what do you think, Mary, on our mystery bird? Um, it's a bird that I used to actually see maybe once or twice a year. Um, uh-huh. They just kind of come by. A rufous-sided towhee is what I'm guessing. That would, uh, I think, indicate that, uh, Mary, you might be listening to uh, perhaps a different uh, show. Well, no, you were listening oh. to our featured feathered friend. That's what it was. 
Oh, See, shoot. even I'm okay. confused, but that happens every week. No, that was our featured bird this morning, so we kind of identified that pretty clearly. I th- we meant to, anyway. But oh, it's that, okay. that is not our mis- right. mystery bird, but you got it right for what that's worth. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm definitely I, uh, something with the radio or the timing or something. But yeah, all right, it was nice to talk to you. Nobody said it was going to be easy, Mary. <laughs> right. You know that's the least of my worries that I you know get the bird wrong. That's, oh, that's all okay. All right, thank you so much, Mary. Try try us right. again. All right, that's okay. Mary identifying our featured feathered friend this morning, but not our mystery bird. Seven eight one eight three seven four nine hundred is the number to call. Before we run out of time, I want to remind everybody that next week, Steve Albert from the California-based Institute for Bird Populations will be our special guest. He focuses on exploring techniques that can protect migratory birds through their full annual cycle. That'll be Steve Albert right here on our show next week. We are just going to have to flip over the cards here because we have run out of time. And uh, Mary, uh, we're going to make you the winner of our contest if you want to call us back um, because you were you were correctly guessing at least one bird. So call us back. And the bird that we were looking for was the Canyon Wren. Let's hear it uh, for the Canyon Wren and for Mary. We are out of time. Thanks for being with us. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Springtime is every birder's favorite time of year. Join Ocean State Bird Club for new online talks and weekly virtual hangouts. And enjoy our quarterly newsletter with stories and photos about birds and birding. OceanStateBirdClub.org. And on Facebook, Ocean State Bird Club.